Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. So the Bible is saying that receive. Receive the engrafted word. In other words, welcome how do you welcome it? Deliberately. In other words, when the word of God is coming to you, you must be deliberate. 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 What does deliberate mean? Intentional. Like, you intentionally receive the word. Some of you, you receive the word of God unconsciously. Unconsciously. You receive it unconsciously. You see, there is, there is one that you can do that. When you are sleeping and you allow your spirit to now engage. That is a different story. But there is one that your ears must hear. Your ears must hear. And the Bible is saying you must do that deliberately. Deliberately. That's why sometimes you need to be somewhere, go into a, a quiet place and deliberately hear the voice of God. You hear his voice. You want to hear. The, you decided to. Moving outside to go and sit and listen is a deliberate act. Intentional. Why am I doing this? Because intentionally I want to know. And unfortunately, you can be sitting down here as I'm talking and you'll be listening to the word of God. So that's why some of you, when we are teaching and you're looking around, you're looking at people. I ask myself, are you really de- being deliberate? Because by the time your mind comes back, you would have missed something that was said. The same attitude in class. Teacher is teaching you are pulling somebody's pen. Or you are giving somebody warning. By the time you come back, you, you didn't understand the thing and the teacher is done. So God is saying that receive, decomite, receive, deliberately welcome. How do you welcome people? When you are welcoming people, do you just be there and then they come. What do you do? You prepare. You deliberately prepare the house. You can't be coming here to come and listen to God's word when you didn't deliberately prepare. How are you going to welcome? Prayer is one of the things. Focus of the mind. Hunger. Sleep. They are all distractions of preparedness. Ask those who go to the club. They prepare before they go. Go and ask. They sleep. They iron. They have to eat. They have to get. They prepare. Because it's a long night. 
plan, if this club is not okay, we move to another one. They plan all the, they plan, they plot their matter. You come to church anyhow. Why are you going to church? I'm just going. So you come and sit down. The same message will be a fruitful venture for other people. And some don't see the fruitfulness of the, but it's the same one word of God. So the Bible says that deliberately welcome. Prepare yourself. Wake up early before you come to church. You prayed some 30. That's why coming to church early is important before time. It helps you to pray. Enter into some kind of prayer, some kind of attitude. Why? Prayer in church is okay. But the reason we come into church is to hear God's word for us. That word is what we base on to pray. For every other, it's like an instruction. We come to church to hear God's word for, as an instruction for our lives. But you came unprepared. So you are looking at the preacher's face. But your mind is wandering. Your mind is going here. Your mind is there. Sometimes if you write him, it will disturb you. You put it down and gaze. Most of the things I remember in school that I remember today were not what he wrote on the board. They were some actions he did. Alright, so, so that's the word receive. Okay? Yes, so the Bible says receive, deliberate, welcome. Now, he said with meekness. Hmm. You don't know who the word of God is. Like I keep saying, you think the word of God is just words of man. The word of God is a person. He is God. You, you must prepare for God to come. No wonder churches are there. Jesus doesn't show up. Because he's king, he's God. His word, he must be welcomed. And it's your heart you used to receive him. So your heart, your mind, your attitude, anything that will disrupt you. You see, having the right posture, right heart, right mind, is a sign to him that you welcome him. It's like the Holy Spirit. You think you just be there, you call him, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. If the environment, sometimes... The order of things. Sometimes the arrangement of things. <laughs> you have no idea. Sometimes even the way you are dressed. You can have his presence in a form, but in a lower one. You want to encounter him. You know this woman, you did not wait for me. Juanita Bynum, she was going to pray. An angel interrupted her and said, go and change. Dress up wear your wig, do your makeup, everything before you come to the prayer meeting. Before you, her, her own room, she's going to pray. She was asked to go and dress. Look good. Because she's going to meet God. If the president is coming to your house, I tell you, you will start preparing your room one month before he comes in. If a big man is coming to your house, you prepare. How come God is coming to your heart and you don't prepare your heart? For him to come. You just receive him anyhow. No. No. Now, the word meekness here is one of the kernels of the fruit of the spirit. Fruit is very important. It is one powerful character. The Greek calls it protis. Or protis. P-R- some say P-R-A-O. Some do P-R-A-U-T-E-S. It means controlled power. Power that is controlled. Or controlled will. Controlled will. 
controlled will, controlled power. It's like a horse is not really a calm animal. A horse is not really a, the horse you see people ride on. A horse is not really a calm animal. A horse is tamed, trained to let its power. Now you see this powerful animal like that, you think it's, no. When you see a horse that has not known people, it can kill you. It can kill you. But you see, when they bring the horse home, time after time, they try to put something we call bridle in the mouth of the horse. You will not do it in day one. So some of them, they start doing it when they are younger. So that they will be used to over time. They bridle the mouth. Charlie, imagine a horse that is born and has never had metal in his mouth and things around his neck. And then you bring a grown horse home and you begin to bridle it. Even now, those who have trained, when you see them physically, you see them doing this. Because it's uncomfortable. But they don't react to you based on the discomfort of the bridle. Because in their mind, they've been trained to calm down and allow the thing to be there, but they don't. They put this one here into the mouth here. A metal against his flesh every day. This powerful horse, just from a glance, you can tell how powerful this horse is, yet it's taking you. Go, go, go. Do you know what? His power and his will has been controlled. By who? Himself. When you see a lion in people's homes, tigers, that's not a cat or a dog. That's a lion. A lion who when he make a mistake and is biting you will not bite you like a chicken. He will bite you like how he's created. But you see a lion with human beings and then he will be doing this. The lion's power is under control. The lion's strength is under control. Sometimes even the owner, he, you know, the lion could get angry and put like, you know, hold your hand or your leg with his mouth. But it will hold its power from biting. Even with dogs. When they get too angry and, it, uh, and you are the owner, you know, like he wants to bite. It's uh, uh, coming and then you will be doing. <laughs> that means I have to hold on a bed. What is he doing? He's controlling its power. He's putting its power or will under control. That's the word meekness. So he says, Receive, welcome. Now that you understand this, welcome, prepare intentionally, controlling your power and controlling your will. So you are here. You have your own will and power to get out. You have your own will and power not to listen. Let's break meekness down. If you can control a horse and the horse becomes a tamed animal, it means the horse is teachable. Is it correct? When you are meek, it means you are teachable. It means you are teachable. Or you have a teachable spirit. Now here, I'm going to say something powerful and I want you to listen. 
you have no teachable spirit, you can never welcome the word of God. Never. 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 Now, there are more, but I found two words that characterizes somebody who has a teachable spirit. And I'll share with you. When you are teachable, you are docile. Don't worry, I'll break it down. It means you are submissive. You are submissive and you are ready to receive instructions and controls. That's meekness. You are docile. It means what? You are submissive and you are ready to receive instructions and what? Controls. Now, hearing this one, you know most of us are not docile. Ask yourself, are you docile? Ask yourself. Now, you can't follow Christ when your power is not controlled. Because you have your own power not to follow him. It's your own will not to follow him. That's why before you follow him, you must be ready. (laughs) You must be ready. Many of us are not ready. We are saved anyway, but we are not ready for the following. Do you know Moses, the Bible says, was the meekest man on the earth? Now, people mistaking meekness for humility. They are two different words. Being humble does not mean you are meek. I know I can slap you, eh? But I controlled that power. Yeah, that's meek. So this guy is meek. I know I can disrespect you. But meek. So that's those are. Are you ready to accept instructions from the word of God? Are you ready to be submissive? If I want to touch on submissive, won't close. God said now, the man Moses was very meek. Above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Hey! In other words, over three million people and they are fooling. This one is doing this. This one is doing that. And Moses will be there. And he will sit down. And he will be listening. But when he got to a point, the guy couldn't handle it again. You remember in Numbers 20? He said, you rebels, you. You, you. God said, speak to the thing. Because meekness is not a human character. Meekness is of the spirit. That's why it's part of the fruit of the spirit. Which means it's the Holy Spirit that helps you to do it. Now, the other one is, is a word called tractable. You are tractable. T-R-A-C-T-A-B-L-E. You are tractable. Which means you are easy to control. And you are easy to deal with. You are easy to control and you are easy to deal with. There are some people difficult to deal with. You use the word of God. You say, do this. They won't do. Do that. They won't do. do. Difficult to deal with. Difficult to deal with. A man that submits to God's word has no business explaining himself or defending himself or that's what submission means because it's, it's a character of meekness so you, you know you have something to say but you let it go and you follow I keep telling people if you want to do well follow instructions instruction will cause you to arrive 
Look at yesterday. A lot of people haven't found out that it was Jacob that caused Israel to miss Canaan. It was Jacob. Jacob. Because he wasn't meek. Small anger, he left. Now, write this very quickly for yourself. The teachable spirit is without resentment. The teachable spirit is without resentment. It's without resentment. Now, the word resentment means bitter. You are bitter at having been treated even unfairly. You are bitter at everything. Like, you know, you feel you have not been treated fairly. You are bitter. Resentment. So, you are saying the teachable spirit is without, is without resentment, without bitterness, and without anger. Is without resentment, bitter at having been treated even unfairly, and without anger, and is therefore able to face the truth even when it hurts and condemns. And is therefore able to face the truth. Is therefore able to face the truth even when it hurts or condemns. Now the second one. The teachable spirit is not seduced by laziness. The teachable spirit is not seduced by laziness. But is so self-controlled that it can willingly and faithfully accept the discipline of learning. Let me give you an example. The Bible says the word of God is an instruction unto us. Now listen. Imagine, Stella, you don't know how to cook. Okay? You try. People don't like your food. I know how to cook. The way I want to train you in getting to know how to cook and to save you from laughter and from ridicule is I give you a set of instructions. I say, one, do this. Two, do this. Three, do this. Four, do this. Five, do this. Six, do this. Seven, add this. Do it, do it. Okay? If you follow each instructions well, willingly, by the time you end at the last instruction, your food would have been prepared. So what did you do? The instructions saved you and caused you to arrive well. You could have seen a part of the instructions that you might not have agreed with because it said maybe add oil to water before you pour. But in your mind, it doesn't make sense. But a man who listens to instructions does not argue with the instructions. You just follow. There is a company in Sweden called Ikea. They sell furniture and a lot of things. The furniture is so arranged. You don't need anybody. If it is like um, the chair you are sitting on, they've packed it in such a way. The pieces are such that you can do it by yourself. That's their sales strategy. So, there are a set of instructions. One, do this. Two, do this. Three. By the time you go through that set of instructions, your chair will be there. Perfect. But you see, people don't like following instructions. How we are not so meek, you have no idea. The word of God is a set of instructions. 
You have no idea why the word of God says don't be lazy. You have no idea why the word of God says give. You have no idea why the word of God says do not sleep. You have no idea why the word of God says do this. You have no if Adam just followed instruction, we won't be here. But you see, anybody that, that won't listen to an instruction is also an instructor himself. <laughs> so you cannot be instructed. It was an instruction spiritually that John should baptize Jesus. But when Jesus came, John said, Jesus, because you are higher than bigger than me, you baptize. Jesus said, hey, stop this thing. He said, let us fulfill all protocols. Baptize me. I know I am bigger than you, but baptize because protocols, God's instruction is such that today, because the Bible says that the least is blessed by the greater. But for this instance, if you don't baptize me, I will not enter into the dimension I ought to enter into. So if we break this protocol, the whole thing is gone. So that simple instruction, John could have messed it up. But Jesus said, suffer it to be so now. Jesus said, suffer it to be so now. For we must make sure that all spiritual protocols are fulfilled. So you see, we read the word of God as instructions for our lives. You come to church, we preach. God can use men of God, women of God, people above you who are in leadership position to, uh, to instruct you. It will save you. It will save you. But when one is not meek, you will not submit to instructions because you are also an instructor. And when you are an instructor, then you must find your own formula of doing things. Then John tried to talk him out of it. <laughs> I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. He said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said. It should be done. For we, we must carry out all God's requires. He said we. You and I. We are not here on our own accord. We are here based on his instructions. But the Bible says, John wanted to talk him out. So John agreed to baptize him. You know what that statement means? He had to be meek. Because his eyes have seen the man his voice has been talking about. The one greater than me, whose shoes I cannot touch. Now he has seen the man. How great the man is. The man he has seen and heard of the spirit. How mighty and how powerful he is. Now he has come. Indeed, John was right. In the flesh. That since you are greater. Because John understands that scripture. That the least is blessed by the greater. So since I am the least. Then why don't you baptize me? But Jesus said. For we. We. You and I John. You and I. Not I. You and I. We must carry out all. That God requires. We must carry it out. We must carry it out. Then John now agreed to baptize him. Amazing. There are certain spiritual protocols you break and you have no idea. Follow instructions and your life is safe. Follow instructions. God will use your pastor to tell you, come to church early. That's an instruction, not from him. You will never know what is behind the instructions. 
Because you see, when you are not meek, that is when you will not you will not go by any instruction, especially when it's divine. Remember, meekness means that you have your own will and you have your own power, but you subject your will and your power under control. That means I have power not to come, but I'm coming because of instructions. Okay. I said a teachable spirit is not seduced by laziness. So what is protest or meekness? It is the perfect conquest. The perfect defeat. It is the perfect defeat and control of everything in a man's nature which would be a hindrance to his seeing, learning and obeying the truth. It is the perfect conquest or defeat and control of everything in a man's nature which would be a hindrance to his seeing, learning and obeying the truth. So what it means that anything that hinders you, actually, anything that hinders you against the word of God is actually on your side. Because it stops you from that. Because naturally you don't want to do. Anything that hinders you, it is hindering you from obeying God's truth. But according to your own power and will, that is not, listening to God's truth is not something you want to do. So that thing that is hindering you is actually on your side. But you have turned around against the thing on your side. Unto God. So you must defeat it. Laziness will stop you from the truth. When I hear Christians do this, I get shocked. You must defeat these things. Sickness shouldn't make you stay at home. Then better move on to the hospital. And be there. Because that's where sick people are. Why are you not coming to church? Why are you not going to church? Because you are sick. Because you are this. Because you are this. You are pampering your flesh. You are not living a life of faith. Because by faith, you are healed by stripes. So why are you lying down? Why are you home? For what? For what? Why are you home? You see, you are being lazy. And laziness is helping you to stay at home. Why are you not reading your Bible? Excuse is a friend that stops you from doing what God wants you to do. Simple. Okay. So he said, you welcome the word of God with suppressing your will and your power. You put it under control. He said, once you do this, then you can receive the engrafted word of God. Now he put an adjective to the word of God. Now this is Logos actually. Now he's saying that this word, its nature is something that goes inside you. It's just like you put, you engraft a plant to another plant. The word of God is engrafted inside of you. And the word engrafted is the same word as implant. Which means that the word of God has an internal impact. Now, all this, receive, prepare, meekness, blah, blah. It is paving way for the word of God. And it gave you an idea of the, of the value of the word of God. What is it? It's able to produce results. That's what it means. To implant. In the Greek, it actually means it produces results. It is fruitful in you. And he said that it has its power. Its power to save your souls. Now, the word soul here is the zuke. And which means that zuke is anything that breathes. Anything that has life. Breath. 
in this context, because the case is so, it can mean different things based on the context you find it. But in this context, with respect to the word of God, he's talking about this word that is able to save anyone that is alive and breathes. That's what he says. He said, but be ye doers of the word. Be ye doers of the word. Now, in the Greek, the doers actually means it's a lifestyle. Or it's, um, yeah, let me put it in the nutshell. You're doing the word has become a lifestyle, part of you. It is something you cannot stay away from. So God is saying that doing this word is a lifestyle. It has become part and parcel of you. Then he used the word we already looked at last week. And not what? Hearest. How does faith come? So I taught you that. Now, and remember in James chapter 2, what did we hear? Faith and action must move together. Because the life of faith is what? Work. So he's saying that, do not be hearers only. That means you have, you have gone through the first phase of hearing the word, stimulating faith to come. Do you remember that? Now, once faith comes by stimulating it by hearing, you must now do it. In other words, put what faith that has come to reside into works. He said if you don't do that, you are deceiving your own self. Go on. For if any be a hearer of the word. So being a hearer is not a bad thing, no. At the place of hearing, you know faith has come. In fact, you know that you have stimulated faith and faith has come. But when faith comes, it abides alone. <laughs> and so it has the potential of production of fruitfulness in it cannot come because it abides alone. Except you put it into action by doing, giving it action and not a doer. He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. What he's talking about is a mirror. You see yourself in a mirror. You looked at yourself in a mirror. You saw how you looked like. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way. So you look into the mirror and after looking at yourself, you just went away. And straight away, you forget what manner of man he is. You looked into the word of God. The mirror is actually the word of God. The Bible says for the mirror is the word. Okay? Now you look into the word of God, which is the mirror, and you saw whatever you see there, the word shows you who you are. So you are sick. You look into the word of God and you see a healthy man. Now, what you see there is what faith has brought to you. Remember, faith causes you to see the final picture. So that's what you've seen in the mirror. You see a healthy man. You don't see a man limping. You see a man standing straight. Now, after you left from the word of God, you kept on limping. You kept on limping. Just as you were limping and you looked into the mirror and you saw what the word is showing you. A healthy man who is jumping, who is praising God and so on and so forth like in Acts chapter 2. Yet, after looking at yourself in the mirror, you left as the same man who was looking into the mirror when he was limping. The Bible says just after turning away, you forgot who you saw in there. You forgot what manner. What manner of man he he was. Not he is. He was because he saw it in the mirror. 
You keep saying, I'm a great man. I'm this. You saw it in the word. The, something from the word caused you to say it. That was what you saw. Yet when you left the word, that thing left you. You forgot what manner of man you are. You forgot it. The Bible says you deceive your own self. Okay, go on to the next one. NLT. Ah, the perfect law of liberty. That's why it calls the word of God. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do, so as I saw myself in the mirror healed, I, I don't walk like this. I try to walk like I'm. Remember, as you begin to walk, what happens? What will come? Life. Faith receives life when it is put into action. Remember that. Because faith without works is dead. So faith lives when it is put to work. So I'm sick. I can't stretch. I'm like this. And I looked into the perfect law of liberty. It means that when you look into the Bible, it liberates you. So the picture you see in the Bible is your liberated self. Once you see it, ah, you must respond to it. I remember a man of God gave a testimony of a woman. She couldn't see. She was blind. She used to wear spectacles and so on and so forth and then she went blind. She couldn't see again. And he prayed for the woman. Pray the men of God that prayed for the woman. The woman was still not getting well. Sometimes it will come small and then it will go off. And then one day he was praying and the Lord said because she hasn't seen herself yet. Ah. You see, there's a quick way to translate. See. So, he now explained the word of faith to her. Immediately, the woman said, ah, I can see. Yet when they take off the glass and say, she's, when you ask her physically, she says she's not. But then she's acting as one who can see. In just a matter of seconds, her eyes were open and she began to see. Why? Her mind was now seeing a woman who sees. So she was acting everything like one who sees. That is why faith translates you from your original state into the perfect intended state. But what brings you here to here is life. What is that life? Action. Works. That's why faith by itself is works. <laughs> is that okay? Okay. The perfect law. The Bible calls the word of God perfect law. Perfect. Perfect law that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard then God will bless you for doing it Charlie, this spiritual thing is not a joke there are protocols you don't have time to sit and look at the instructions it's like when you have a gadget you, you don't spend time to look at the gadget to find out the instructions you know this is what it says this is what it says this is what it says this is what okay 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 and then use the gadget as it was intended to be. So some of you, their gadget, you are underutilizing it. Why are people able to hack onto your phone? Meanwhile, there is a provision in your phone that when you set it off or on, 
Nobody can hack your phone. But you haven't seen it. Yet, some people are able to hack into your phone. Haven't you realized anytime WhatsApp will bring a new feature, they will send you a video on how you can set it. If you don't follow the instructions, you will not get what the intention is supposed to be. Let me summarize the whole life of God's word. Follow instructions. That's all. For you to end well, follow instructions. That's all. Follow. God doesn't explain himself to any man. He gives you an instruction. You do it or not. There's nowhere in the Bible God has ever said men of God should force the people to learn. Never. No, 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 no. Because even we, we have our own way to learn. We have things we must learn from him. Faith can come thousand times until you give faith life. It produces no result. It produces no result. Okay, so back to the 25. But if you look, oh, don't be hearers only. How do we hear the word? By hearing and reading. This too is hearing. Listening and reading. Listening and reading. It's not only listening. It's listening and reading. Because the message they got from Jesus, they spoke it verbally and they wrote it. Correct? So it is the spoken word and it is the word, the written word. These two is what makes you hear. That's hearing. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayman 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-LJedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny Daniel Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting prints and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International Contact Services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many Many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed.